the wrong side of the red line, Dallas Stars Podcast. Here is your host, Sean Shapiro. Well, the uh, podcast returns, and we are uh, headed home from a five. Three Vegas Golden Knights victory, a game that had 39 shots per side, I think. 39 to 38 Dallas. Um, and it was a uh, actually very entertaining hockey game for uh, I thought from the beginning of the game, but a game that the Dallas Stars were kind of haunted by some uh, former teammates. Yeah, I'm I'm struggling on this one because. Uh, Legacy, as he's now going by, Maxime Legacy, Legacy, uh, played well tonight. I think he played above his level. I think he overachieved tonight. And I'm not trying to say that in a negative way towards him. Kudos to him. Uh, I was disappointed last year when he was given the Texas Stars starting job and he didn't grasp it because the year before, it looked like he was going to be coming out of the undrafted route to become the guy. And he looked good in training camp with Dallas. He had a little preseason action. He said, ooh, I like what I see. And then he went to the Texas Stars and did not play well as their starter. And, uh, hey, kudos to the guy for getting a chance in a weird situation with Vegas. Uh, Probably never expected to get any NHL time with three guys ahead of him in the rotation. And yet, he's got six NHL wins. Yeah, and actually, there's a... You should subscribe to the Upset Sports, by the way. If you're a listener to this, you should subscribe to Upset Sports. Um, but there's actually a column. I wrote a post-game column on uh, Max's uh, play tonight. I talked to him for about... I talked to him for a good about 10 minutes tonight after the game, actually. Um, Did you ask him about his last name pronunciation? No, I just talked to him. Oh, I, called, I, just called, I just called him Max. You missed um, a golden opportunity. But, no pun intended. <laughs> but... It was fascinating because he owns uh, he owns up to that he wasn't very good last year. It was um, and he talked he talked to me quite a bit about how last season he let himself down, he let the Texas Stars down, and he just wasn't good enough. And for whatever reason, whether it was not being able to deal with now that he actually had expectations, or whether it was something else, he just mentally wasn't good enough. He did something where he didn't really know why it happened. Um, and he is something that he went into this past offseason. He doesn't know how many. It's, it was interesting because he doesn't know how many contract offers he actually had. It was, he, he lets his agent handle all those things. But the only. So there may have been an AHL deal here or there or a minor league deal from somebody else. But the only deal he was told about by his agent was the Vegas deal, which tells me. and he admitted probably that probably means it was his only NHL option. Does that surprise you at all? No, it doesn't. No. It doesn't. But that's just something where so he had really only one option and for he an took NHL it, contract. For an NHL contract, he took it. Uh, basically, the uh, Vegas and I'm throwing a blank on his name right now, but it's in the story. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights goalie coach had seen Max play, and he was a guy who said, I'm, "I want to take a flyer on him." Sure. And that's that was kind of the advocate he had to get that contract. Um, and so tonight was a game where he was a chance to kind of not prove the Stars wrong because I don't think they made the wrong choice in not bringing him back after what he did last season, but a chance to kind of 
show what he can do. And on top of that, his dad was there tonight. His, uh, his dad was in attendance for the, the, the Golden Knights at their dad's trip. And he played really well. Now, I think the Stars may have been able to tie the game if they were able to elevate the puck a little bit. But they had some chances even when Mugase was down. And... Miss, and just missed the net. Yeah. Uh, Spezzo fan on one, the bouncer uh, deflected Lindell shot in the first period. Essa Lindell shot a couple wide, including at the end of the second period, final 30 seconds where he missed an open net from Spezza. The two of them could combine for two or three goals. Um, and then in the third period, Tyler Sagan has the one where it would have been hard to lift the puck there, but still where he gets it up. Sagan in front, Roussel yeah. in front, Radulov with a couple of looks. I mean, they didn't score. I mean, again, the problem for the Dallas Stars was not the chances created. So it may have been finishing, yes. but it was also defending and turnovers. Well, it, was, it would be defending and turnovers and just battling in your own It's hard zone. to win a game when you give up five goals. It's, it's, hard, really it's hard, hard to win a game when you have five goals, and it's hard to win a game when you're getting out-muscled and seemingly just outworked in your own zone for the puck. I mean, it was, yes, it was a power. about the first goal, for sure. Yeah, a couple of them. I mean, the first one, and then the, the power play, the, the Sagan the, the, versus the, the, the Perron goal uh, against Sagan, um, the goal, the first goal where Cody Eakin dislodges the puck from Johns and Alexiak behind the net. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they forecheck, the Johns missed it. Egan Crow's it was Leipzig that made the pass out in front. Yeah, but Egan just lodged it to right again. They they just were quicker on that play, and it was not good. But the I thought the one that was Riley Smith's goal, where the Stars had possession, Alexiak and Johns had puck control. Mm -hmm. That was worse of the two. Yes, that was bad as well. That was that was that was worse. Uh, I will tell you this one thing we. This was supposed to be, the Stars went 0-3 in a stretch. That was supposed to be a big opportunity. They were supposed to be, they won five in a row. Playing well, good playing, facing good teams. Play some good teams. This was a stretch where we, uh, we looked at after they won after they won their fifth game in a row, you look at it, you know what, hey, even if they lost one of these three games, you'd be like, hey, if they can win two of the next three or something stretch. like that, that's a great stretch. And now they get... Uh, Outscored pretty badly during this stretch um, against teams that are playoff look playoff positioning right now, and there's some things you saw from other teams that the Stars aren't doing right now. Um, so if let's just take Vegas for example, like Vegas may be a team of leftovers based on being an expansion team, but they're an extremely well coached team and a smart team. That's a I think that right now. Is there anybody that can dislodge Gerard Gallant as the coach of the year candidate? I don't think so. I mean, you could make a case. You could argue someone else could be in the running for it, but I think you could everyone, argue, everyone like, else. Like John Hines with the Devils. Yes. Obviously, they've had a good year in the head so far. Long way to go, but I don't think anybody under the circumstances. I mean, not only has Gallant have them playing a very good structured game, but he's done so. You know, leading the Pacific Division, battling with the LA Kings for first place back and forth with their fourth string goaltender. Mm-hmm. I mean, Subban has come back and he's been really he's been good. Really good. Very but, good. But Flurry, Subban, Dance, all hurt, and Lagasse and Ferguson was their duo for a little bit. They had a kid who was, who was going into the game, I still laugh at this, saying the kid. Kamloops Blazers pads and helmet. Yeah, appeared in an NHL game. A, te- a teenager taken by the Stars in the seventh round, part of the Mark Mathot deal. Mm-hmm. A great trade, mm-hmm. right? And 
if you said, hey, your, your team's going to use your the seventh-round pick you just acquired, who's a teenager, who's yeah. never played a professional game before, and you're going to end up having to play him, and you're thinking, oh, our team's not going to be very good. So if, you're, if, you're, if you had laid out that goalie situation before the season, I would say Vegas would be Vegas would be locked up. Maybe that was his first lottery, lottery out already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because that's uh, I thought going into the season, Sean, that Vegas was going to be just good enough to get close to the wild card for a bit, and then probably go, geez, we have to make a decision. We have a bunch of expiring contracts. Let's get our value for it, and that's it. And now this is that's not the case at all. Correct. There's they're a playoff team. I, again, long way to go, but they're in a phenomenal position right now. And they're in a division that is uh, relatively weaker. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say it's not. No, but Edmonton isn't what they're supposed yeah. to be. Arizona hasn't really taken any steps forward uh, under Rick Talk and their new head coach. The Kings are good. The Ducks are okay. Vancouver's better than expected. Yep. Calgary is not maybe as good as we, they thought they'd be. But I think the biggest surprise in that division is Edmonton. Yeah. Edmonton has been a, uh, a real disaster. For what they, I think they were expecting to push for the division. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, David taking a step with Dreisaitl and, and Cam Talbot. And, I mean, I foolishly, I mean, I'm looking very foolish now. I foolishly picked Edmonton to be in the, in the Cup Finals this year in my preseason prediction. How are you feeling about that one right now? Not very good. <laughs> I, on the other hand, I, you don't say. I had Tampa on the other side, so. They are good. One out of two ain't bad right now. Uh, <laughs> Long way to go in that yeah. conference. Yes. But they, I think they're the class of it. Mm-hmm. Could be the Devils, amazingly. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, that, that Atlantic division, um, oh, sorry, Metro division now. I keep thinking Atlantic because that's what it used to be. But that Metro division, uh, going into tonight, I don't know based off all the results tonight, but going into tonight, first through fifth in that division were all within two points of each other. Oh, Rangers beat the Devils yeah. tonight. Henrik Lundqvist, the second most uh, wins in NHL history with one team. Now trailing only Marty Brodeur, which obviously is... It'll be tough to catch. Yeah, you'd have to set the NHL record for wins probably since I think Bredor only had like three wins with St. Louis or something like that. But didn't play much with them, man. Yeah. Um, to the star- I mean, so the Stars tonight, they try, they, they juggle some things up too, and I actually thought the line combinations. I thought it worked for some of the for the middle six for the middle six. I really think it the line shifts and maybe this is the Radulov effect. Yeah. But he he playing with Spezza and Yanmark, that trio looked good. Uh, Jamie Ben got a goal, but I thought Devin Shore who I think can play with that duo with Sagan and Ben, kinda struggled a bit today. Yeah, I thought Third line with Fox and Roussel and Pitlick, great. Great line, great uh, line. Yeah. Everything you expect, so consistent. Uh-huh. Uh, fourth line didn't play a lot. No. Um, I don't know. I'm a little disappointed with where Brett Ritchie is right now in this season. I have a Brett Ritchie thought that I wanted okay. to bring up. Why hasn't Rodden Fox has supplanted him as the net front guy in the second power play? I wonder about that. Um, Bruce, on our post-game show tonight on the radio, was talking about maybe Devin Shore needs to come off the first power play unit. Because the, the, the premise here is the Stars' power play has been atrocious lately. It's like 2 for 42 now? They're, in their last, I think it's 9 or 10 games, yeah. they're at 3%. 1 okay. for 31. 
I mean, that's just awful. And this before this run of of, of, of very future play, they had the best power play in the league, yes. 33 to 34%. Uh, penalty kill's been up and down. They can't get Mark Mathot back fast enough no. for even strength play on defense as well as penalty killing. Uh, Mark, Martin Hansel would help. They've lost tonight. They lost a lot of crucial faceoffs. They lost a faceoff battle anyway, but particularly in you know offensive zone draws when they needed it late in the game on the power play. Losing that puck possession in key moments is a big deal. Yeah. But I mean, the last three games they've given up five power play goals against in twelve chances. It's not good. Seven for twelve is just bad. Now, again, it's only three games, and prior to that, they were on a stretch of 90% penalty killing, so they were doing some good things, even with the thought out, but uh, the, the special teams are not helping their chances at the moment. No, and that's, that's something where I... And going back to my other point here, just Fox, I just driving at that point home, where I look at it and I wonder why he's not getting... And I and maybe it's because they want to live in his minutes. I don't know what it is, because it's not like Roddick Fox can't play on the power play. I've seen him do it in the AHL. He's been the net front guy in the AHL, yeah. and he did well. Um, it's just, I mean, I and I want... I'd like... I think Brett Ritchie is a player that I've, I've said throughout the season that Brett Ritchie found his streak. He's always been a streaky scorer. If he found his streak, he could be that guy who could have played his way into a top six role and been a depth scorer. A that spot he that the Stars seem to be yearning for, especially on the right side. Yes. Right? And, and that's, like, it's, it hasn't, I mean, too, I like Devin Shore a lot. I think he brings a lot to the, the game. He does a lot of good things, but he hasn't quite grasped that, especially playing on his off wing. He seems fine, but it, it hasn't connected with him to become a, a 20 goal scorer mm-hmm. and they really need somebody else out there I don't know if it's just me but like for example tonight Richie looked like a half step off he behind looks, he looks slow, doesn't right? didn't seem like he was when he was was in front of the net he was making quick reactions and we've seen him do really great things but I just didn't see a lot I mean I liked the the game uh, on the road it was in Colorado with well, he, he scored he, twice he that, and McKenzie yeah. but I mean, that was two-thirds of his season goal total was in that one game. And his one other goal came when he played with, ben, uh, with uh, ben and Sagan that game, I believe. Or was it Roger? He, he, was, he was on the top line when he scored. Right. I'm trying to remember. It might have been when they had Jamie Ben at center. Either way, he was playing with the top line. Um, it's encouraging to see Spets have a good game tonight because he's really been a, a sore yeah. spot this season for his inconsistent offensive play. It might have been one of Jason Spezza's best overall offensive games. Tonight. Well, this season for yeah, sure. Yeah, not not in his career, right, obviously. But, but, but especially yeah. this season. Um, and I think Yanmark just looked great. Oh, Yanmark was great tonight. Yanmark yeah. has been good for a bit, but he, he really looked good tonight. I was very impressed. He could have had a couple goals. There's, like, we, we don't want to get on back on that topic. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of could have been. But, yeah. yeah, there's a question mark about the top line a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those where may, you'd like to think Jamie Ben finally putting a puck in the net gets things going for him, but he's, still, he's just looked off for three or four games now. Well, Jamie? Yeah. I don't know what to make of that. Like, Here's the question. Are the starters missing a top six right wing? When I say missing, needing, or is Martin Handel healthy? The difference can he 
push a guy like Spezza to the wing? Could you have, uh, you know, does that make a difference? I don't know. I mean, so the one thing I think Martin Hansel does for me, and I don't think Martin Hansel fixes, and that this is both the problem. I don't know if it's a problem or a good thing, because you can tell me what what you think. I don't think Martin Hansel fixes your offensive problems. Martin Hansel is not a Martin Hansel is a forty point producer when healthy. Yeah. Um, I think Martin Hansel, in an ideal world where he's healthy, he does where Ken Hitchcock keeps using the world where I can use Martin Hansel to unlock the other lines. Yes. And I think right. that is the thing. Because Hansel can go up against the other team's top offensive guys and be a shutdown guy mm -hmm. and then free up a more favorable matchup for guys that maybe are struggling against some of the, the uh, defensive attention. So that's that's the way I think Martin Hansel can help, but he doesn't help the problem of getting that line going. He's probably not going to be the catalyst to score. No, no. Right. So you do need someone else who can score. I mean, it's something where... I wonder if the Stars... I mean, I, again, uh, there's a lot of things I like about this team. If you get Mathot and Hansel back, I think it changes things. You want to see what they can do with that group. Mm -hmm. uh, but there is a question of... When does Jim Nill think about making a change? Because the Stars are right there for a playoff spot. Yeah. Are they going to win the division? Probably not no. this year. I mean, again, they're not even at the halfway point. But I, I don't know if they can do that. They can, technically. There's a lot of enough, enough points out there. But, but to be a successful playoff team, they have to have at least two really good scoring lines. If you could have two... Scoring lines up and running consistently, and then come in with a Fox line on as your third. Mm -hmm. You're in really good shape offensively. Yeah, and it's one of those where you start to. Um, so I actually spoke to Jim Neal tonight about a couple of things, and I actually I was kind of I. Jim Jim likes to play things close to the vest, um, and he's not gonna obviously he's not really gonna ever divulge his. I'm gonna share that share that information, but I did ask him about how. Because it's a very the league across as whole right now is extremely close. Yes. And so I did ask him what he thought about how that's going to impact movement um, in general, just as far as with the whole league and everything, kind of just the the crush, everyone kind of crushed together. There's only a couple of teams that are really separated, and it's down, not yeah. up. And he said what it's probably, and, and it was an interesting opinion where he told me basically he looks at it where. It's either going to be, it's one of those where it's probably, it could be silent for a while until one team makes a move and then all of a sudden everyone starts. Like a flurry? Yeah. Because it's something where, well, you have, you have so many teams who think they're in and believe they're in. And you have a lot of teams you can make the case for that they're in because of what the What if standings. they have too many buyers and not enough sellers? And that's, the, and that's the thing where it becomes, someone may, could create a, up, it could create a situation where someone is where people may have to be overpaying for the because of what the market demands. Not good for the buyers. No. Now for the sellers, it's if you're the uh, I don't even know who you'd want from Arizona, but if you're the Arizonas of the world, the Clayton Keller in a heartbeat. Yeah. I don't. I don't think, think I don't, they're selling Clayton. I, I don't think they're selling Clayton Keller. No. But. Um, if a team, if a team that's currently in the mix becomes a becomes a seller, all of a sudden you could you're in a position to get a bit more. Um, 
it's it's going to be interesting. Um, the one thing, and uh, you and I were talking about, I don't want to. He's not here. He's not coming back this season. So you can't you can't you can't spend too much time talking about him. But you think about just the what ifs of what if you had a a a Valerina Chushkin this year is what it could have what it could have been. It depends on what Valerina well, has. Yeah, very true. Uh, if you have the healthy, young, vibrant, offensive Valerina that we have seen, especially in his rookie season, yeah, you'd want that. Big, strong, confident, put the puck in the net, create problems. Uh, if you have the one who, uh, coming off of hip surgery, struggled to find his form, struggled with his confidence, uh, he wasn't helping the team when he was on the ice. He was actually taking away minutes and not really... And that, I'm not trying to, to blame him for that. I mean, it's hard to be a young guy in your late teens or early 20s and struggle with your job. And so I'm really... I would love to see Val back at some point. Maybe next year. Yeah, he can't play this year for the Stars. No, he can't play this year. But there's, there's good. I mean, I would. I'd be curious to see what he could offer with this group. Yeah, I, 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 there's an opening on a on a top six line on a wing if uh-huh. somebody can step up and take it. Whether it's somebody in the the mix now or outside it, it yeah. there is. Uh, there's not a, a set. I mean, they're, they're starting to doing the best with what they have. Yeah. But there seems like there's a, there's a, a void that needs to be filled somehow. Speaking of voids and making changes and things like that, you look at, I mean, I don't see how Julius Hunkin doesn't play against the New York Rangers on Monday. I just, I mean, I... Yeah, I mean, is, I, it, is it, he and Alexiak have been flip-flopped. Is it Alexiak that's the prime candidate after tonight's game? I think Stephen John's good to get a night off after. It's a tough night for that duo, but John's yeah. particularly seemed to uh, be on the wrong side of a couple of goals against. It was kind of fitting, um... The game operations work against John's. Um, so right, right after, right after he, uh, I think it was after his penalty, or maybe it was after one of the goals against. They went to the John's now bit on the video board, which is funny. And for those who haven't seen it, it's it's John's now is a bit where it's supposed to be Stephen John's reading the news, but he apparently misread it and read it as a John Snow bit. Um, and he it ends with him being a bit aloof and looking like he doesn't know, like he doesn't, he's kind of lost and doesn't know where he is. And that kind of that played timing. in, that kind of played into the narrative of. Uh, I thought it was the second worst timing of a bit um, that they've done this year of the video board. Uh, the first it wasn't a bit, but the first one was like a couple games ago where they have a great end of the second period and the, the building's all up, and then they showed like the 25 years memories thing, and they showed the uh, like the team losing the Stanley Cup Finals in 2000. And I thought that was just like a weird downer to play after your team had like just battled. It was I think it was against the maybe it was the Calgary game. I can't remember. It was one of the games where they had a really good end to a second period, and then like in the intermission break, they are showing the crowd this like downer bit and. So I thought the Johns now timing was kind of did not play well into Stephen Johns' uh, overall uh, <laughs> performance tonight. <laughs> yeah, I, again, that's tough because you plan those yeah. arena things ahead of time, and it's hard when you have it in the in the queue to time it right. There were a couple tonight where look, this Stars Arena team does a phenomenal yeah. job. They're edgy. They're funny. It's it's very entertaining. But there were at least it was the John's one was one, but there was another one too. I felt like Devin Shore 
very funny bits. He did one on uh, the cars, uh, mm-hmm. the Pam Stanley the drive-in with Devin or something but like that. It, yeah, it felt like it was the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Again, team had given up a couple. Was I think it was when they were four-two down. Yeah, the energy in the building was lacking, and it was just kind of like, oh, maybe I'm watching it from a different perspective because we're obviously very invested in the game and watching it very closely and uh, very sensitive to the overall but if you're a casual fan that's just going for a fun night out maybe it's not as big a deal maybe maybe um, uh, overall though the uh, in arena production for American Airlines oh, did a great job it was funny I actually talked I was actually talking to a couple of scouts tonight and they actually were asked they were actually commenting on that it was uh, so the yep. uh, Speaking of scouts, it was kind of cool tonight to see, uh, and I and I wrote a story back on him in Traverse City back in September. Um, it was kind of cool tonight to see uh, Craig Cunningham in the. Oh, I didn't get to see him in, tonight. In the, in the press yeah, yeah. box. Uh, for those who don't know, Craig Cunningham um, last year was playing for the uh, the, uh, the the Roadrunners. He's captain of the Tucson yeah, AHL yeah, team. Captain in the AHL Tucson Roadrunners, and is similar to what happened with Rutherford Peverly. He basically had a heart attack on the ice. Had a cardiac event. Cardiac event. They call it. And, and uh, he, Craig Cunningham actually lost uh, below the lost his leg below his uh, left below his left uh, on his, below his left knee. Um, but he uh, and he saved his life though. Yeah, saved his life, and he stepped into a scouting role now. And it was uh, I was talking to him before the game, and uh, it was kind of cool to. Uh, it was cool to see him there tonight because he uh, he was he reminded me he reminded me a little bit of when I would talk to Rich Peverly when Rich Peverly was stepping into kind of that player development role where he was saying where this was he didn't really know what he was going to do with his life after right he wasn't a guy he wasn't he planned to keep playing he was going to still be playing today well and yeah. and obviously Cunningham was an AHL battler. Yeah. Rich Peverly was a Stanley Cup winning NHL star. I still say that that year the Stars missed the playoffs. They have Rich Peverly healthy, uh, not not that year, but the the following. Mm -hmm. They make the playoffs. That's a good possibility. I, either it was either way. It was just something where just kudos to both the stars did a great job with Rich and, and making and helping him make that transition in, in something he was in, in something. And the same thing. Arizona's done a great job with creating that yeah. second second hockey opportunity for Cunningham. It's a it's a tragedy that's turned into a real nice feel good story. Um, but yeah, both both under initially very awful circumstances. Yeah. So. Well, we are. Uh, let's let's end the car cast with that. Some somehow good news can become positive news. Well, I mean, we won't have a car cast for a week and a half. Yeah. Stars go to the East Coast, to Big Apple, mm-hmm. Rangers, Islanders, Devils, and then the Flyers. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see some high draft picks at yes. the end of that. The back-to-back with the Devils, Nico Heischer, number one overall, Nolan Patrick with the Flyers, number two overall. I think right now with the way the Stars have defensively the last couple of games, I'm sure there's some people asking about Miro Heiskanen. Oh, believe number me. Number three overall. Believe me, I've been asked. I'm, <laughs> I've been getting the Twitter mentions about that too. Uh, not till at least next year. We'll see how that goes. But ultimately, uh, this is a, a very – look, the Metropolitan Division is very t- tough. Some great teams. But they're winnable games, but they're not going to be easy. So the Stars have to do the kind of things they did when they went to Vegas, Chicago, and Colorado won three straight on the road. Yep, it's. We'll see. It'll be. 
we talked about this was a this was a, this three games were supposed to be a test. These next four games are even more of a test after yep. what you did here with this 0-3 showing. So um, we will be back after the next home game. Um, everyone, uh, thank you for listening.